Hello everyone, welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, and all the things it takes to help you live the highest quality, most fulfilling life. I'm here today with my guest, Dr. Deborah Beer. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Deborah is a dementia behavior expert, the first one I've ever spoken to that I know of, mm -hmm. and the author of um, currently an ebook from Crisis to Come. And um, I've only skimmed it, I haven't read it yet, so um, I've talked a little bit with you to get the, yes. the feel. So I'm looking forward uh, now that you've sent a copy to me to be able to uh, read it in depth. But Great. I'm gonna learn a lot from you today. I hope so. But my first burning question is, what, did, what got you into in being interested in dementia and, um, and how did you become an expert in this field? Well, I have two sets of credentials. One is kind of academic and clinical and the other is personal and experiential. The academic and clinical are I have a doctorate in therapeutic counseling, I have a certificate in gerontology, and I've worked in the home care field for the past decade, but I've, I, as a psychotherapist, uh, I, before that, I worked with families and individuals with chronic illness. So this, and I love elder people. I just love them. Yeah. I just love working with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. Um, they're an age group that's really sorted through some of their priorities, yeah. and they've gotten rid of things that aren't important. And so they live more deliberate lives, I think, or they have a potential to live more deliberate lives. So my personal credentials are um, about uh, 25 years ago, I had a brain injury in an automobile accident. Oh, wow. And I had um, severe cognitive impairment for about seven years. Wow. And while I'm mostly well now, I still have some deficits. You know, we're not going to do math, are we, or bookkeeping or anything. <laughs> I'm not going to work with numbers here. Okay. Um, and I, I, other things get confused for me, but my experience in being cognitively impaired allowed me to work through some workarounds mm -hmm. and methods that when later I went into the home care industry mm -hmm. and started to learn about what are best practices for dementia care, they turned out to be the same thing. Oh, wow. And I thought that was just hilarious that I had been preparing, not that I would recommend that preparation <laughs> for anyone, but I had been preparing for years with my life to enter this field, and I didn't know it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, that's really, yeah. and, and, I, and I've, I, I mentioned to you before that, that getting my entry into what I do was mm -hmm. similar kind of situation where you... You learn it not because right. you intended to, right. um, but then once you're so good at it, why not share what you know? And having both an inside and an outside perspective yeah. on um, dementia and cognitive impairment is very unusual. I would say so. Yeah. And, yeah. and I would hate for it to go to waste. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad I'm getting to know Great. you and hear what you I do. Too. And I'm going to dig into some questions. So we did our homework and prepared. Okay. I should say you did your homework. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to put on my specs to be able to ask you some questions. Um, so you told me that dementia and Alzheimer's don't really mean the same thing. And mm -hmm. I'm a nurse, and I have to say, really? It is such a common confusion. Um, I was confused about it until I learned the difference. Dementia is like an umbrella term where there are many different diseases under it. 
um, that have to do with cognitive impairment. And the one we hear the most about is Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. All Alzheimer's is dementia, but not all dementia is Alzheimer's. It could be vascular dementia, frontotemporal dementia, Lewy body, or something else. Mm -hmm. But most people are diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. But we can use them un interchangeably in the way that sometimes when there hasn't been a diagnosis, people will say, my mother has Alzheimer's. But the fact is, we don't know that yet. We just know there's something going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. so. In just in the in, in first recognition of symptoms, people might get confused with Yes. That. Only half of people ever get a diagnosis. And some of those half of people, uh, their families are saying they have Alzheimer's, but that's a specific diagnosis. And they, and they just and they use it gone as the through more it. generic term. Right. But it ends up being confusing when someone tells me there's Alzheimer's and I see other things. It confuses me, so I, I always need to check out with people. What, was there a diagnosis made? Mm -hmm. And are you using that term because that really is the right term? Now, do you help people steer them to the resources they need to find I that do. out? I do. I oh, do. That's wonderful. Um, and I train families and um, and professional caregivers mm -hmm. in uh, approaching dementia behavior and care in a way that is full of the best practices. Because a lot of a lot of times they've been trained in the worst practices mm -hmm. because that's what we thought was right at the time of their training and now it needs to be updated if they had any training at all otherwise we just leave families to figure this out for themselves and it's not intuitive mm -hmm. and sometimes the best practice is the opposite of what you or I would do between us mm -hmm. because we're cognitively well, I'm pretty whole cognitively. Um, and you're giving me good credit there. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Good. Let's just say Leave we it, are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say we are. Um, and that's they end up with a crisis that's really unnecessary if they had been educated properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hence your book, From Crisis to Calm. Yes. Now, I was going to ask you where you got that. So, dementia is such a scary thing in our society. Mm -hmm. And I know as a nurse, I've done a lot of um, like side hustle things where mm -hmm. I go out and do assessments. Right. And that's mostly what the With, insurance yes. companies are looking for um, because people are living, but they're not living mentally intact right. and they become very expensive. So yes. that's a concern. And they want to make sure they're qualified to use their long-term care insurance, mm -hmm. right? Things like that, right? Yeah. So why do you think we're so focused on grief and loss of living with dementia? And what's another way to look at dementia? Well, you know, um, we do focus on the tragedy of dementia. But this is a very long disease. Mm -hmm. It can go on for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So that person is still alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we have to say that there's a lot of life that still can be lived with dementia. It's not the end of life. Mm -hmm. It is the beginning of the next chapter. Mm -hmm. That if we use really the best practice uh, methods to care for people with dementia, they can actually function better. Mm -hmm. They're happier. You don't get this um, widespread kind of 
agitation, craziness, acting out, violence that we often associate with dementia, mm -hmm. those are really symptoms of someone who's under tremendous stress mm -hmm. in their environment. When we understand what that stress is and how to relieve it, they're not so upset anymore. They can actually have a good life. They can come back to having a relationship with their family. It's not going to be exactly the same. But once they're out of that crisis, which is why I call it from crisis to calm, once they're out of that crisis, you can almost recognize them a lot of times, as mm -hmm. opposed to people saying, my father, I don't know who he is anymore. I don't recognize him. Mm -hmm. That's stress. Mm -hmm. You know, So you're saying the personality comes back. Comes back, yeah. yes. Because when we're under stress, mm -hmm. Any of us are under tremendous stress. Oh, I become stress. another whole person. Exactly. <laughs> and we see that the behavior is weird, and yeah. we say, oh, well, that's stress. Yeah. People with dementia have been depending on their minds their whole lives, mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do. And if we don't help them figure out how to navigate those years in their lives, then they're under tremendous pressure mm -hmm. and not acting like themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So let's see, another question. You believe that people living with dementia and their families don't have to live with all the chaos and pain created by unmanaged dementia behaviors. Can you explain what can be done about dementia behaviors? Okay. Does that get into the four keys? Um, yes, well I can talk about the four keys. Yeah. The four keys are the way that I organized best practices in dementia behavior handling and Did care. Did you invent this or create these No, uh, there is a body of research and anecdotal experience that is available in the field. It's not widely available, but it is available okay. in the field. Uh, and that's why you've never met another dementia behavior expert, because it's not a broad thing. Mm -hmm. um, so these practices some of them have been verified by research, mm -hmm. um, but they are put together, and then we all experience caring for people with dementia, and we all develop different ways of seeing it and refinements. So this is really a field that's in motion. People mm -hmm. are exploring and understanding new things all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I've organized the basics, the, what I call the foundations, for the family to understand how to proceed without this enormous upset that's been going on in their lives into four keys. And I'd love to talk about one of them. I'd love to talk about part of key number one, which is number one and the most important, of course, and that's the dementia two-step. You know the two-step is a dance that I'm people do. Self a note. Dementia two-step, Yeah. okay. Um, People, it's a dance that people do. It's a simple dance that people do together. And this has two parts. And it's for the caregiver to do, or whoever's interacting with the person with dementia. The first step is to check our baggage at the door. Check, we just take a second and check in on our body language. People with dementia, particularly Alzheimer's and often vascular dementia, they have intact emotional lives. They have all the emotions that you or I have. Mm -hmm. They might be much more bigger. They must be, might be bigger, <laughs> you know, kind of magnified because yeah. they, they don't have emotional control. Um, and they can read body language extremely well. And often when we're 
focused on a task, we are not thinking about our body language. You know, I'm in a hurry. I, I don't know what to do. Oh, this is so frustrating. I'm exhausted. And our body language ends up looking like a clenched fist. Mm -hmm. And the person with dementia just has to take one look at that. They're not going to cooperate with that. No way. No matter what it is, I'm not having any part of that. And who would? Of you know, course. come back yeah. when you're happy. Yeah. You know, so if we just take that moment to check Can you our baggage if, at the door. Oh, if a waiter or waitress at a restaurant walked up to you and acted like that? Yes. A and when they do, you go, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, they can they they can pick it up yeah. um, very quickly. And so we check it and we make sure we're relaxed looking. Uh, our voices aren't tense that, or high. You know, when we get tense, well, our voices often go up. Mm -hmm. um, and that we look them in the eye and we're not confrontive. And the second part of the two-step, after we've checked and adjusted our body language, is spread some sweetness. Just spend a minute together. Mm -hmm. Don't do a task. Don't require anything of the person. Don't tell them they've got to do something different. Just visit. Mm -hmm. Because people with dementia know when they're being treated like a task and mm -hmm. a chore mm -hmm. and impersonalized or when they're being treated like a valuable member of the family. And that's the two-step. And you do that before every encounter with that person, before every care task. And that way, when you get them in a happy mood with you, they're much more willing to say, yes, I'll change my shirt, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I changed my shirt this morning already. And you get into an argument about how many days that shirt's been on. We don't correct. Mm -hmm. We don't argue. Because that's contrary to spreading sweetness. So mm -hmm. the relationship becomes really important between the caregiver and the person. Isn't this like just a nice way to treat people in general? <laughs> you know, you have uncovered my secret agenda. <laughs> you have. Um, I think these skills are important for caring for anybody yeah. in any way, be it someone who is disabled and dependent on you or just someone you work in the office with, mm -hmm. you know? So this is a chance to practice these skills. People are so desperate because things have gone so poorly mm -hmm. that they really, really want these skills. And once they have them under their belt, they realize how useful they are. I imagine, too, that and as a nurse, I've been guilty of this myself, where you have an expectation or a big assumption that <clears throat> that person doesn't even know who I am, mm -hmm. that person isn't paying attention mm -hmm. to me. You make some assumptions that are just out, you know, just because you right. do, it's not true. A absolutely. Yeah. Um, let me, can I tell you a story about absolutely. that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it, I recounted, I think, in, in this book, um, I had a caregiver who I trained. I, I've trained, my programs have trained thousands of family and professional caregivers around mm -hmm. the U.S. and Canada. Oh, I, I teach so in English. Yeah. yeah, so we know these methods work. Um, but one of the caregivers I trained, she, her father had passed, um, but she realized that her father, when she'd walk into a room at a certain point in his dementia journey, he wouldn't acknowledge her at all. He wouldn't look at her. He wouldn't talk to her. He wouldn't, he would just pretend she wasn't there. That was her interpretation. Mm -hmm. And she found out from me that 
people with dementia have trouble processing peripheral information from their eyes. Mm -hmm. And they basically lose their peripheral vision by, let's say, mid-Alzheimer's. They have only about 12-inch view. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Most people don't, but mm -hmm. now that you do, you can see how applicable this is to everything. Absolutely. She yeah. was coming in where his door, where the door was and where his chair was. She was coming in in a place he couldn't see her. Yeah. And since he had lost some of his hearing, he couldn't hear her either. And she would just leave in a huff, thinking, yeah. oh, he's so obnoxious, because they had had problems between them. Yeah. And now she realizes after he's gone that it was because he didn't know she was there. Mm -hmm. And she had all of the story she had in her head mm -hmm. about it because she was making sense of it in, in a way that made, was logical considering few people know about the loss of peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I think it just comes back to um, nonviolent communication mm -hmm. and understanding. Absolutely. <laughs> just, un Absolutely. just not making assumptions. I've been yeah. studying nonviolent communication this year. With Marshall Rosenberg? Yes, I have. Yeah. And I've been so struck and tickled at how this is just another reflection of the work I'm doing with dementia. I'm recognizing yeah. it. Yeah, you yeah. got you picked it right up. You've yeah. done some of that work. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. This is awesome. This that's is wonderful. Awesome. So yeah. there is new life after you mm -hmm. calm down the craziness, and I don't mean craziness as in um, it's certifiably crazy, mm -hmm. insane, but it feels, it it feels yeah. crazy. Yeah. Life gets to feel so crazy and mm -hmm. unpredictable. When we understand dementia in a particular way, we can understand why they're doing something. You know, why are they saying, I want to go home 50 times and they're already home mm -hmm. 50 times a day? We get to interpret that because we understand that all behavior is actually a form of communication. And when people have a uh, dementia like Alzheimer's, they lose their ability to use speech. It starts pretty early. They start having word-finding problems and uh, understanding problems, and eventually they may no longer be able to speak. So when you can't speak, how do you communicate? Because communication isn't just words. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more Probably than mostly that. not words. It's mostly <laughs> not words. Our words, if they were just words, we wouldn't understand each other. Mm -hmm. um, so it's focusing on the ways we still can communicate. So when we look at a behavior like, I want to go home, it's going to mean something different for each person. Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, it may mean, I'm bored. I'm, I'm done with this place. I'm ready to move on. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Uh, people with dementia have trouble starting, continuing, and ending a task because they can't sequence okay. them correctly. Mm -hmm. That's how the underwear kind of ends up outside the pants Yeah, because it's the sequencing problem. When people get dressed, sometimes they put on their shoes and then their pants, mm -hmm. and it's hard. Sometimes <laughs> it happens with me putting on hockey equipment. <laughs> yes. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I had the wrong order. Yes. yes. But at least you season. can recognize that. <laughs> at least you can recognize that. Um, they get confused, and we can understand what their confusion is and why they can't do things that they like and are interested in mm -hmm. because they don't know where to start. So they're bored a lot. Mm -hmm. So I want to go home as often. I'm bored. Mm -hmm. It could also mean I feel like I don't know any of the people here and I want to be with people who know me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what my purpose or place is here. Mm. When I go home, I know what I'm going to do. 
even if I believe I'm seven years old, I know I have some chores to do. I have to collect the eggs or you know, from the chickens or whatever the yeah. chore is. Yeah. I need to know what I can do to contribute. And yeah. so we have to decode that for each person. It's not a one-size-fits-all illness. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's Thank you. brilliant. I have grandchildren. Mm -hmm. My, uh, the youngest is uh, a little over a year. And it kind of reminds me of watching their development. Yes. Where um, right now the baby is like, uh, everything is yeah. uh, it's the one and you right. have to like pay so attention what to is, the what is context. he looking at right the yeah. context yeah does it mean i'm thirsty i see see my bottle i i and i'm hungry i, I will need that or does it mean there's sun in my eyes yeah. and it's bothering me yeah you know so it's not Brilliant. a one size fits all but yeah. it is very akin um to anyone who has trouble expressing even if people can speak mm -hmm. they often will wander around in their their talk and they're not getting to a point and they're mixing up their stories and um, so it's hard for them to express even with speech mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah that's great so other keys there are three more keys <laughs> um, the second key is to uh, customize care we're already talking about okay. it okay customized care um, we can make something fit that person's life and habits. There's no use reinventing the wheel and you know, I come in and I tell you now you, you're supposed to shower at night because that's when I'm here, but you've always showered in the morning. Mm -hmm. Or actually you've taken a bath in the morning, not a shower, you're not a shower girl. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to impose what I do on you when it's really your preferences I have to figure out mm -hmm. and meet as long as they're safe and I can do it, mm -hmm. and, and they're reasonable. Um, and of course you're gonna be much more happy to go into the bath in the morning than a shower at night when it's not your time. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's yeah. not your habit. Yeah. Um, the third one is to optimize, I'm sorry, is to um, communicate well. So like I was talking about, don't walk in the room and stand in the person's peripheral vision mm -hmm. if you don't, think they necessarily have peripheral vision. If they're not acknowledging you, move to the front mm -hmm. and approach them to the front and only talk to them when you have their eye mm -hmm. because then you know they're listening to you. Mm -hmm. um, don't step in past uh, arm's length mm -hmm. because if they're not happy to see you or they don't notice you and you startle them, they, they might hit you. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so hang back a few feet away make that greeting and then come in and make sure it's safe. Mm -hmm. um, ask yes or no questions or only give two choices. Is that still part of That's the part of communicate yeah. well. So um, It sounds like with kids. It does. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, I remember asking a gentleman um, who I wasn't clear how much dementia he had and I didn't know if he could answer my question and it helped me to know he couldn't. I said, so you were an engineer, what kind of engineer? And he looked at me like I had two heads. And I said, so there's mechanical engineers and chemical engineers. Said, I was a mechanical engineer, yeah. but he couldn't tell me that himself. So if I gave him two choices, yeah. I said, were you a mechanical or maybe a uh, chemical engineer? Oh, I was a mechanical. Then he could identify it yeah. and say the words. It helped him. Um, so those are part of the communication. And then the fourth of the keys is optimized stimulation. Okay. So that has to do with how their senses are seeing and perceiving things differently than our senses are. Mm 
you know, they lose peripheral vision, mm -hmm. as I said. They can lose um, depth perception. Okay. Okay, so a part of that is, is that, you know, this isn't too bad for, um, for uh, contrast, but color contrast. If this was a white table and you had these white pieces, pieces of paper here, and let's say they were turned over, they would be invisible to a person with dementia who's having visual processing problems. Wow. Um, white, clear glass of, of milk on a white table doesn't exist. Wow. So you have arguments that go something like, well, are you going to bring me my milk? Well, I, I put it there five minutes ago. Well, no, you didn't. Well, yes, I did. It's right in front of you. I'm looking at it right now. No, you're not. You didn't. It's not there. That's how... Wow. That makes sense of that now. Yeah. Now we hear this crazy argument, and you, and you come away as a family member going, what is exactly going on here? And then I can just see things snowballing into a fight. <laughs> or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then nothing is going to work. You just got to calm, calm yeah. it down. When you could have avoided it, proactively by using, let's say, a black mug with white, with uh, white milk, regular milk, on a blue tablecloth. Yeah. And then it could all be or seen. Or just using a placemat or something. A placemat, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, white, t uh, white plates on white tablecloths are very trendy and fancy. Yeah. But they're invisible. Wow. Yeah. They're invisible. So that's about, so, uh, Optimized stimulation is also to say, you know, we're human beings and our senses need to be stimulated even when we're losing the ability to, to process things with our senses. Mm -hmm. So we need to give people um, things that they can do to stimulate them or mm -hmm. else they're going to find ways to stimulate themselves and maybe it's not something you like or maybe it's unsafe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's recognizing also too much stimulation mm -hmm. is not good for people with dementia and mm -hmm. how much is too much it's like a goldilocks thing mm -hmm. you know too little too much and just right it's very individual so mm -hmm. and you can often tell that by behavior so i know for me if i don't get up and move mm -hmm. I, I have a drive to like i'm mm -hmm. hungry to get out and exercise i yeah. want to yeah. so the same thing with somebody with dementia they they may retain those feel those feelings or develop those feelings that they mm -hmm. want to be physically active there is an agitation that can go with many people with dementia and many different types of dementia um, that's not necessarily a productive agitation uh, but it's it is a, a real feature and they have to do things and they have to touch things with texture and listen to things and mu enjoy music mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't get that kind of stimulation so they're bored and they get to trouble mm -hmm. and it's not trouble for them but it's trouble for other people yeah. yes well we've we've I could go on and on with you. You're fascinating. You're such a good teacher. But we're yeah. down to our final two minutes of the show. Unbelievable. I know. <laughs> um, I want to ask, because I ask, ask all my guests, what top three things does it take for you, Dr. Deborah, to be personally mm. well, totally well? I need to garden. I need to garden and garden until I'm filthy. And yeah. I love it. Garden flowers, garden vegetables. Um, mostly, mostly food. Yeah. Uh, uh, herbs it. and vegetables, yeah. but also I do flowers too. Yeah. Um, I need to also cook with all of that and eat good, great, fresh food. I love it. And yeah. I need new things to learn all the time. Fountain of you? 
fountain of youth. It is. Yeah, yeah. We're that's the that same way. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always yeah. want to um, um, be young and improving. Yes, it's yeah. a great sensation. That's why yes. I took up hockey so late in life in my great. late 40s. Good for you. So I want to make sure people know how to reach you and um, how I'm going to reach you in the future. Okay. So they can I, go to my website. Uh huh. Um, and that is DeborahBeer.com, yeah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Beer.com, or from crisis to calm, all squished together, okay. dot com, mm -hmm. and both will go to the same place. Okay. And Are you on any social media? Um, I'm on Facebook, um, yeah. and I have a, a page on Facebook. I think the, the page is D-R for Dr. Deborah Beer, all squished together. So Deborah with the D-E-B-O-R-A-H and B-I-E-R. Yes, like German beer. All right. Yes. So, well, hopefully people will reach out to you. I'm sure we'll get some questions, and um, I'm so thrilled to have met you. I'm thrilled, too. You're a wonderful too. teacher. What and a great, you've great show you're having. Uh, you've approached something that's important to me um, in healthcare and uh, so many people. So thank you for what you do. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.